Kyle Hamilton is an X factor for this Baltimore Ravens defense in 2023, and he might be the most important one. We talk about why and much more coming up next here on Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another episode of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire, and we're here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Thank you so much for being here with us, making us your first listen each and every day, free and available all podcasting platforms, including over in video form on YouTube. You can subscribe for free, both in video form or in audio form, whichever you prefer. And today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNFL. And when you enter promo code LockedOnNFL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. And we're back. Ravens content five days a week. Here we are on a midweek edition of the show is we dive into a bunch of OTA stuff. The Ravens had OTAs yesterday open to the media. A lot of takeaways from that. We'll get to that in the third segment. And honestly, in the second segment, we talk a little bit about Nelson Aguilar and if people might be sleeping on him a little bit, he's been making catches. He's been making plays. And I want to talk a little bit about Nelson Aguilar and his role on this team. But here in the first part of the show, Kyle Hamilton spoke to the media yesterday, had a lot of interesting things to say. And I want to get into why Hamilton could be the most important X factor on this Ravens defense for, for a multitude of reasons. We'll talk about all that here on the show today. And there's a lot with Hamilton in terms of what position he'll be playing. We'll get into that because I think there's a lot still to be determined with what role Hamilton's actually going to play in this defense. So thank you again for listening here today on Locked on Ravens. Again, five days a week. If you want any Ravens news analysis updates, we are here for you. And if you have a friend or family member who wants Ravens content, be sure to throw them over here our way unlocked on Ravens but let's start off talking about Kyle Hamilton and this will be will in each segment will incorporate OTAs in, in some way shape or form so we'll get into a little bit of what Kyle Hamilton had to say to the media and ended up talking a bit about his surgery had a wrist surgery in the offseason but he said he currently has no limitations which is a really good sign fully healthy now and he also said he tried to get a little bit bigger and stronger this offseason and actually asked if anybody noticed and said you know does that, did anybody notice but that's a good sign for Kyle Hamilton. I remember at the end of the season, John Harbaugh said, well, yeah, there's going to be one guy. I didn't, didn't disclose who the guy was going to be and ended up being Hamilton. Hamilton, good for him that he's fully healthy now. I'm very glad for that. There's no ramp up time for him. He's been going full speed, which is really good. And that's good, especially for a second year player who I think is still trying to work out a role. And Hamilton said that you know the Ravens are still trying to get the kinks out. There's still a lot to learn for him in general. And part of that does have to do with, the new role that, that Hamilton has to play here. And I think part of that is just for what the Ravens have right now, Chuck Clark is gone, right? There, there's no Chuck Clark in Baltimore right now. So Hamilton's guy, they're going to, depending on whether the Ravens want to play him more in the big nickel role, or I think what they're going to do is have him play a lot more safety. He has a lot of areas that he has to learn and pick up in the NFL game because with Chuck Clark there last year, and obviously Marcus Williams coming in too, he didn't have to do all this safety stuff. That doesn't mean he didn't play it at all. But again, he was he was moving all over the field. And with the Ravens finding success with Hamilton 
in the big nickel role, it wasn't necessarily like they had to go out there and play him in the three safety looks. They could play him in the slot, and, and he did really well in that role. And ended up talking about his comfort level a little bit, saying he has more of a comfort level this year, saying, quote, I know what to expect on a day-to-day basis and less room for excuses, which, I mean, look, I think it's a good mindset to have, and I think it's one that everybody has to have, especially going out there and playing in your second season or rookie season. It's different for everybody. Some players really struggle. Others grasp it pretty quickly. I thought Hamilton did grasp it pretty quickly. I, I know early on in the season, I know the Miami game was one where, look, had a rough game against Miami, but immediately bounced back against New England and made a play on none other than Nelson Aguilar, funny enough, to essentially win the Ravens that game, which was just, it was huge for his confidence. And now you can continue with that is you try to build momentum for Kyle Hamilton in year two. And why I think Hamilton's an X factor this year, I think a lot of reasons for me. One is the fact that where is he going to play? I mean, this is a guy that is very versatile, but with Chuck Clark out, I do expect him to move into a safety role. But what happens if Hamilton's their best nickel guy? That's where the X factor stuff comes in where if he needs to play a little bit of both, if you need to play Geno Stone at safety a little bit, you need to put Hamilton in the slot because he showed he can be a physical presence in there, then sure, like you, you can do that, and that's totally okay. That's totally fine. But at the same time, I do think there is going to be an uptick of safety snaps we see from Kyle Hamilton. And there's, you know, there's a lot with Mike McDonald's defense that isn't, you know, you're not necessarily expecting everything with Kyle Hamilton right now, where it's just going to be some basic safety looks, too deep stuff. Hamilton will play up in the box. Hamilton will be a guy who comes off the line, at least I think. And it's going to be important to realize with him that as he tries to settle into that role, there might be a couple of growing pains here and there because he, he didn't play that role full time last year as he was moving all around the field. And he ended up talking about it saying, quote, I didn't get a lot of reps back there last season. And, you know, a lot of people have made the point. Chuck Clark is gone. So, you know, it's Hamilton. Is it safety role versus nickel role? Obviously played more nickel last season. But, you know, learning and being himself at the safety position is going to be huge over the course of the full season. But as we've kind of talked about before, there's not necessarily a ton of room this year for guys to kind of figure it out on the field if if it's going to contribute to losses. With the Ravens having three divisional games in the first five weeks, in fact, all three of their road divisional games, Hamilton's going to have to figure it out quickly there. I'm not saying he can't. I think, you know, the year under his belt, the comfort level he talked about. But if it, if it's him playing the slot corner position opposite of Marlon Humphrey and Rocky Asin, then, then Geno Stone becomes a huge X factor. But to me, Hamilton's versatility and just how good he is, how physical he is, we saw him disrupt multiple plays in the backfield last year, the opposing offensive backfield just blowing up plays which is huge. It gets opponents in second and long situations. One was it, I think it was Atlanta where him and either Roquan Smith or Marlon Humphrey combined to stop. I think it was a, it was either a reverse or an outside run. It was a play to the outside in Hamilton. And it was either Marlon Humphrey or Roquan Smith came up and just blew the play up in the backfield. You need those types of plays. And Hamilton is a very smart football. A, a lot of the Ravens guys, they're, they're just smart guys. You know, they, they know the game of football. Hamilton is no exception to that. That's why I'm super excited for his year two, because I think there are so many different other levels that Hamilton hasn't hit yet. And, you know, talking about just where his role is going to be this year, we don't really know. And that, that's why that's the time of this recording, the Ravens haven't signed Marcus Peters. They haven't signed Adrian Amos. We don't know what other moves are in store. So I think as the offseason goes on, we are going to get a little bit more clarity 
as to where Kyle Hamilton will play. And I think there's going to be a little of both. I don't think one signing or another signing is going to completely move Hamilton out of one role. We know in the way the NFL is shifting positionless defenses, Hamilton's probably going to play in a lot of different positions this year because he can do that. And he is a versatile skill set where you can put him in the dime linebacker spot. Now there's less of a need for that with Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen both there, but you can do that if you want to, you can play him up top. You can play him at the line and in the nickel. So to me, X factor, it's, it's a lot of things. And look, Hamilton's not the only X factor, but I think he is definitely one of the biggest, if not the biggest on this defense right now, because his performance, whether it is, is that safety next to Marcus Williams or in the slot teams can kill you from the slot. Nowadays, Hamilton did a great job last year of not letting that happen for the most part. But if the Ravens can't find that guy and they have to move Hamilton up into the slot again, a signing like Adrian Amos makes sense. Marcus Peters, it's, uh, the fit is interesting because he's not a slot guy. So it's either you're signing him for outside depth and you're moving Marlon Humphrey into the slot, which again, I would rather put Hamilton in the slot first than Marlon Humphrey. I, I just think Humphrey is too valuable for them on the outside. Humphrey can do it and he can do it really, really well, but I, I would prefer to see Hamilton there over Humphrey. But ideally the Ravens would find a guy to step up like a Pepe Williams or an Ardarius Washington. Or they bring some, the, the, the free agent options aren't, wonderful in terms of slot guys it's chris harris jr and a guy like a bryce callahan those aren't guys who are necessarily needle movers but i don't know it's interesting the combinations because if we look at the roster as it is right now would you feel more comfortable and this is a quite you know you can put put your answer in the comments if you want to or just think about it you can message me on twitter or whatnot would you feel more comfortable in a kyle hamilton is kind of the strong safety chuck clark role type guy with Pepe Williams or Darius Washington in the slot, or would you feel more comfortable with Kyle Hamilton in the slot and Geno Stone in that role or someone else or Adrian Amos, let's say in that Chuck Clark role? I don't know. Uh, I think it's really interesting. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, with the roster as it is right now, obviously Amos is not on the team. So I think I'd probably feel more comfortable with Geno Stone and Kyle Hamilton. I think Geno Stone is very underrated. I, I think that, he will get more playing time this year and it will be that combination where stone will play the safety role. Hamilton will play in the slot, but just where does he play and how does he contribute and how does he figure out where he fits in year two? And how do the Ravens figure out where he fits in you in year two it's player and the team, you know, there has to be a joint participation effort from those two, those two parties to figure out where a player fits. I've talked about the Arizona factor a lot where in Arizona, you know, they, they've moved guys around a lot and it hasn't worked in their favor. That's why for Trent Simpson, I would love the Ravens to just stick him in one position and keep him there. Brandon Stevens is an example of this where I think they flip flopped on him too much with Kyle Hamilton. You know, I think they needed him. They needed him to play in the nickel last year. That's fine. Year two is I think where the firm placement should be. It doesn't have to be he plays one position for hundred percent of snaps, but I think a clear path to be, you know what? Yeah, this is what we want. And this is where we need you. I would prefer that at safety, but we will see what the Ravens end up doing there for sure. Coming up though, in our second segment, we'll be talking about Nelson Aguilar, talking about what he's done in OTA so far and what his role could be on this team. So I appreciate it. Stay tuned. A lot to dive into on Lockdown Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. And look, I'll tell you right now, Bird Dogs make you look good. They have stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They also have shorts that do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way 
better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of, you know, stiff, restricting cotton. That, that doesn't feel comfortable. Bird Dogs fixed that issue by inventing cloud knit fabric. It looks just like khaki, plus stretches so you can get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And, and by the way, just a side note, my nickname growing up was Khaki Kevo. I wore khakis all the time. So the, the khaki look, it means a lot to me. So I, I appreciate bird dogs for making it look like khaki, but it's so, so comfortable. And bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL and enter promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. We're back. Our second segment locked on Ravens Wednesday style. Kevin Allstriker still here with you as we continue talking about Ravens OTAs. Again, the Ravens had an open OTA session. Media was there, spoke to Kyle Hamilton, among others. But a player who has stood out so far, according to all accounts, has been Nelson Aguilar, someone who the Ravens signed over from the New England Patriots. Obviously, has had time with the Philadelphia Eagles, where he was selected in the first round, also with the Las Vegas Raiders. But the Ravens and Aguilar, it's a very interesting pairing. It's a move, first of all, that, oh man, the move when it first got announced got destroyed. And look, I've, I've made this point before. If you're an everyday, you know this, and you're probably tired of me saying it by now. But the perception of the Aguilar move was so shifted because I think it was the first wide receiver move they made. And everybody was scarred. Everybody has been scarred by the fact that those are the types of moves the Ravens make, and they don't do anything else. So I think a lot of people assume that, oh man, this is the only move they're going to make. And, and if, 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 if that was the only move, look, I would have been right there with you. It was a tear. It would have been a terrible move for bringing in just Nelson Aguilar, but lo and behold, thankfully it was not. They sign Odell Beckham. They draft Zay Flowers. The Aguilar moves look so, so much better than it did on the day it happened. And if the Ravens had signed Odell and drafted Zay Flowers and then signed Nelson Aguilar, I think people would have been like, okay. Cool. Like, that's fine. I personally, I think it was, it's a toss up to me between Aguilar and Demarcus Robinson. Like, who do you want as that four or five? But Aguilar has been killing it. He's, he's been doing incredible in OTAs so far. It just seems like the Ravens maybe found something here. Not, you know, Aguilar has the pedigree first round pick, obviously, has had some successful moments during his NFL career but you know, is widely known for his drops and his inefficiency in that area. The the big viral thing back in the day when he was with you know Philadelphia was the guy saying you're catching babies out of the burning building like Aguilar, but not dropping them like Aguilar is what he said. And that that's kind of been his that's been the thing that's followed him throughout his entire NFL career. And look, it hasn't necessarily gotten much better. He's only had two seasons in his NFL career with a catch percentage. Over 60%, which was in 2017 and 2018 with Philadelphia, 65.3 and 66% respectively. So catch percentage is right in the fifth, like mid to high 50s for the majority of his career. It was actually down among the right at the low 50s early on. But Aguilar has been a star in team drills. He's, you know, made the, Ra the Ravens hype videos a couple times and him just, you know, mossing guys and catching all these passes with his body contorted. And it kind of raised a question for me of like, where, where does he fit? Because I think to me, you know, I had him below Devin Duvernay. He was, he was my wide receiver five, but I think that is going to be a battle. And that's one of the most intriguing positional battles we're going to have throughout the course of training camp. We're going to have to talk about here is Devin Duvernay versus Nelson Aguilar for the number four spot. I think both guys make it obviously, but to me with the Ravens and just what they have done, 
Odell, Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers, any order you want to put them in, those are your top three guys. There's not really a debate there. I know, you know, some people do believe Bateman's the number one. Others believe Odell's the number one. I think Zay Flowers is pretty widely accepted as, as the number three guy right now, which is fine. I agree. He's a rookie. Has to has to earn his stripes. But Aguilar's the guy who has the NFL experience. Aguilar's the guy who is, is the veteran in that room compared to Duvernay. But Duvernay, you know, showed the explosiveness last season, both on offense and on special teams. So to me, I think you you can't go wrong with either of those guys. But Nikhil Mehta, who is over at Rush Street Report, shout out to shout out to Nikhil because he made a good point about if if someone needs to step in for an injured guy, like look, we know that Odo Beckham Jr. and Rashad Bateman have had their injuries. We know that health is a huge, huge X factor. See what I did there? Huge X factor for both those guys. Can they stay healthy? Can they be on the field together at the same time for all 18 weeks of the season? That is, I don't know. I'm not sure. I would anticipate, hopefully they can, but I would anticipate one of those guys missing some time, if not both. Maybe it's a short amount of time. Maybe it's a longer amount of time. In that situation, you would need someone to step up. Obviously, Zay Flowers would move up the depth chart regardless of who gets injured between Bateman and Beckham. But then you need other guys to step up. And I think Aguilar could be that player. And look, if, if he finds, if he, if he becomes rejuvenated in Baltimore, last year in New England, had 362 yards on 31 catches for two touchdowns. Someone whose best season came in 2020 with the Raiders is actually his only season with the Raiders. 896 yards, eight touchdowns, 18.7 yards per catch. That's what, you know, he has speed. He's someone who can go out there and, you know, Deshaun Jackson-esque, and I, the only thing I bring, the only reason I bring that up is because we saw that Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Jackson connection against Jacksonville, which was one of the most beautiful throws we have seen from Lamar Jackson in his, in his NFL career. The deep ball accuracy for Lamar, the consistency there, that's something I'd like to see improved. I think it was really good early on last year for him. Definitely fell off as the season went on. And the thing that I talk about, again, every day is tired of me talking about it, I'm sure. But the Cincinnati game in week five when Lamar missed two wide-open touchdowns in a span of three plays. And the Ravens ended up winning that game. Dustin Tucker played hero. But those are the throws you can't miss. And for Aguilar, he's someone who I think is going to make a lot of his money, do a lot of the bread-and-butter things he does in the deep passing game, yards after the catch. That, to me, is where he shines. And if he's able to make those tough contested catches and not drop those balls on top of it, hey, look, that, that that's really good. I think when you're talking about Aguilar versus Demarcus Robinson, both guys, I think, have their strengths and their weaknesses. Robinson, I was super impressed with last year. I think he, he came in as a late signing and did really, really, really well. But for me, I think with Robinson, the ball security thing, was an issue where he had that he was running with that ball. I, I don't know if I've ever seen worse ball security. I'm sure I have. I just can't remember it. But it's been a while since I've seen that type of ball security where he was running with that thing untucked, swinging it back and forth, resulting in a couple fumbles on the year. For Aguilar, it's the drops. And, you know, which one would you rather have? Ball security fumble versus drops? I'm, I'm sure people have their preferences. But to me, if Aguilar can step up as a, a quality number four guy, who can maybe be a number three in the event of an injury, a number two in the event of an injury. You don't want that to happen. I would be, I don't think the Ravens would be in a good spot if he was their number two because either Flowers or Beckham or Bateman went down. But if he can be that and, you know, he and, and Duvernay can push each other to be better, that that's, you know what, <laughs> totally cool with me. 
And I think that Aguilar could be somebody who a lot of people kind of wrote off at the time of the signing because all the drops and is this the only move they make? And it could actually turn it into a solid, a solid move. I know the, the deal was up to $6 million, probably still a little more than I would have paid for him personally. But again, if, if he can give you 30 catches for 370 yards and four touchdowns, three touchdowns in timely plays too, hey, Sign me up for that. I'd be totally on board with it. But coming up in our final part of the show, we'll be doing more OTA takeaways, just a a general view, what players, coaches had to say, also some takeaways from what happened on the field, including Nelson Aguilar. But be sure to stay tuned for that. Still lots to get to on Locked on Ravens. We're back here. Our final segment, Locked on Ravens. Kevin Allstriker still here with you talking OTAs. Thank you so much for diving into our content here on Locked On Ravens and showing your support. I, I really appreciate it. We had 1,000. My 1,000th episode was Friday. We have This is the first week with new graphics on the YouTube channel. So if you want to check those out, if you're in audio form, come on over and check them out. We have the nice little checklist on the right side. Be sure to subscribe in audio form. Any regular your shows, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Also, be sure to subscribe and like the video over here on YouTube. Five days per week, Ravens content. Just, just reminding everybody out there. But let's now dive into general OTA takeaways. Now, one interesting aspect of what happened at OTAs on Tuesday, an unsuspecting contributor, I would say, for what the Ravens might be expecting out of the position, Ben Mason. Ben Mason was a standout in OTAs. Apparently, you know, Kyle Barber, a friend of the show here, said that the featured receiver of the drills so far Ben Mason, who had five catches already on the day. Also, you know, everybody else reporting that he was also a standard. Isaiah likely also made some catches in there as well. And also talking about, you know, what John Harbaugh had to say, Ben Cleveland was working at right tackle. Daniel Falele got some work at left guard. Now the offensive line is one really key area of this team for me. I've said it so many times. It all starts up front, 100%. And what the Ravens, could have in their offensive line four or five starters are pretty much all but set Ronnie Stanley at left tackle Tyler Linderbaum at the center position and then obviously you have Kevin Zeitler at right guard and Morgan Moses at right tackle but the versatile piece of this is the Ravens love guys and honestly the NFL the NFL in general loves guys who can play that versatile role and just be ready to go and if, if there's an injury somebody goes down someone can step in and play multiple positions Patrick McCary is the poster trial of that and has been for a while for the Ravens can play all five positions effectively and efficiently which is really key for them so to me look early on in the offseason Cole Jackson who's, who's a friend of the show and an offensive line guy of course through and through talked about how that's kind of the stuff you want to do early on in this part. So, you know, no, no bad things from Cole there said that it's not a huge deal right now. And you want to figure out and see where these guys can play because maybe you'll need them more often than not. So if I getting some reps at left guard, Ben Cleveland getting some reps at right tackle, we do know the Ravens lost Ben powers. We do know they lost Tristan clone as well. So they're going to need some other guys to definitely step up on that line for sure. Jonah Schaefer talked about what his takeaways were, said the missing wide receivers because there were. So first of all, the guys who are missing, let's get that out of the way first. J.K. Dobbins, Patrick Ricard, Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers, Odo Beckham Jr., Mark Andrews, Kevin Zeitler, Ronnie Stanley, Travis Jones, Patrick Queen, Tyus Bowser, Marlon Humphrey, Jalen Armour Davis, and Marcus Williams. And so those are the guys who did not participate in the practice yesterday. But 
Jonas said, despite the missing wide receivers today, was much better for Lamar Jackson in the passing offense, said that Aguilar was a star in drills and also talked about Isaiah Likely and Ben Mason being productive throughout the entire thing. And John Harbaugh had a lot of praise for Laquan Treadwell, actually. Someone we talked about, former first-round pick Minnesota Vikings all those years ago, it feels like. Ended up bouncing around the league, now is in Baltimore. He's wearing number five, a legends number in Joe Flacco, Mr. Eliteness himself. Also Marquise Brown, obviously, and most recently Jalen Armour Davis. But again, Jalen Armour Davis still on the team. The Ravens can double assign numbers throughout this period, especially with so many guys on the roster right now, obviously, as things kind of get cut down. And if Treadwell makes the team and Armour Davis does too, Treadwell will probably be changing numbers. But John Harbaugh had a lot of praise for Laquan Treadwell, saying that he didn't make a mistake in his first practice, even though he just signed over on Monday, said he was very impressed by that. John Harbaugh also talked a bit about what J.K. Dobbins had to say on Twitter and said he doesn't know whether J.K. Dobbins will be back next year or said he wants him back, but saying that he's expecting big things in 2023 from him and saying that Dobbins is determined and excited and that he's working hard as well. Also gave an injury update. John Harbaugh did. We have a couple of injuries, a little couple of tweaks already here so far. Zay Flowers is dealing with a soft tissue tweak, and Gus Edwards might be held out of minicamp as a whole, just dealing with stuff, but should be a full go for training camp. And said that he expects everybody to report for mandatory minicamp next week and, you know, wasn't all that sure about injury availability, but most guys should be good to go there overall then chuck smith spoke to the media talked a bit about david ajabo saying quote dude is ready and he's going to make an impact end quote so also talking a bit about how we're gonna know what adafi always signature move is which <laughs> is pretty exciting overall and then also in the fact that with the ravens they just need to get these things ironed out right now you don't want to iron these things out during the regular season this is where the mistakes can happen a much better day for the passing offense that's really good news. But at the same time, you know, you got to continue to get better, continue to get 1% better each and every day. Kyle Hamilton is wearing a, a one no shirt. So, you know, get, getting 1% better every day as well. But for what the Ravens have right now, I think they're in a good place. They can still make a couple of moves here and there if they need to. Feels like Justin Houston could be one of those moves coming back. There are also a couple other guys. Obviously, Leonard Floyd signed with the Bills a couple of days ago, but Yanni Kingakwe still there. Maybe the Ravens try round two with him in a different defense. I just I just think Don Martindale's defense was not fit for Ngakwe whatsoever. He, he needs to be in more of a pass rusher role, and the Ravens, you know, were dropping him back into coverage and, and doing all that stuff with him. So maybe Ngakwe round two, maybe it's today being clowny. But if I had to put a prediction on, on an edge rusher, and I – think they really should i think they really should sign an edge rusher but if i had to you know say oh which one do i predict they sign i'd probably say justin houston just rebit kind of echoing that they're in a good position to sign him and especially you know we talked about it yesterday with spencer schultz of x52 so be sure to check that out we talked about patrick queen who wasn't at otas yesterday but there are just a lot of areas where the Ravens can continue to improve. And I will say about the offense, there are going to be some growing pains, especially early on. They can't afford a lot of them, but that's why this, this part of the offseason is so important. So when you get to play those road divisional games, you don't want to set yourself back into a one and two hole or an zero and three hole. You don't want, you want to win at least two of those games, if not all three of them. But we saw last year with the defense, the Miami game is one, you know, we talked about it with Kyle Hamilton in the first segment there's just a lot that has to be figured out. And 
it, it takes a little bit of time. That, that's why the, the passing offense will struggle at times, right? Especially as defensive players get back. Now, obviously, the receivers that missed practices yesterday, they're going to get some receivers back, and that'll be a strength for them. But there, there are going to be a lot of different opportunities this offseason, especially in the preseason, joint practices, to figure out where guys fit in this offense. But installing an, an offense, installing any system, whether it's offense, defense, special teams, a new head coach coming in, whatnot, that takes time. We're in June right now, the, the early parts of June. The season does not start until September. Still multiple months for Baltimore to figure stuff out. There's going to be, you know, obviously a little break after the OTAs before training camp. I'm sure guys will continue to be working, continue to be studying, and it's going to be exciting. I'm, I'm really excited for this team this year, especially, I mean, the offensive side of the ball to me, at least on paper, and I know it's not, you can't put everything on paper and say Super Bowl because I think the NFL and, and NFL media did, did that with Cleveland and look what happened. That, that was a, funny enough after they signed Odell or yeah, got Odell and got Jarvis Landry. They were saying Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl for multiple years is, is Kaji Ismail calls it here on this show, the paper champs. Cleveland Browns. So you can't be paper champs. You got to, you got to translate that over to the field. And I think that's really important, but as OTAs wrap up as training camp begins, as we get closer and closer to the regular season, guys are going to have to step up undrafted guys as well. We know how the Ravens love their undrafted players. They, they give opportunities. There are multiple guys, both on offense and on defense in that undrafted class. That I think can make an impact this year, whether they make the roster or just around the practice squad. So to me, it feels like it's been a very productive couple of weeks of OTA so far. Still a little more to go in that regard, but it seems like the vibes are high around this team. You know, I think they were, the, the vibes were interesting, I'd say last year, very up and down, I'd say. So uh, vibes are always good. Got to have good vibes and we'll see how the Ravens respond and what they end up doing this year. But it all starts now. It starts in the, the early part of the offseason, working, getting better. And that's what I'm excited to see for the team moving forward. But that's all I have for you here today on Locked On Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm going to get back here tomorrow. More Ravens content, of course. So be sure to stay tuned for that. And I'll see you right back here tomorrow on Locked On Ravens.